right back up where we left off last Wednesday night. Uh, last Wednesday night, we were we were in chapter five of uh, of Ephesians, and we had got to just about verse eleven. We were fixing to start verse eleven, and we ran out of time. So I'm going to start with verse eleven. It says, "Have no fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is." Uh,
you mature, and that's great. You become the meat and potatoes of the congregation, and you begin to know what works. You begin to know what helps someone. You begin to use your gift. You begin to find your gift. And these are 14 things, as I said uh, last Wednesday, that 14 things, and we're, we're at number five in exposing fruitless deeds, but do not mention what goes on behind doors. It, and yet you're supposed to expose fruitless deeds to see how the tension begins. So we must struggle to find out what pleases the Lord, which is what we started out with. We're to, we're to avoid fellowship with unrighteousness. The Lord delivered, delivered us from the power of darkness. We're to avoid fellowship with false teachers. We cannot fellowship with God while in darkness. We can't. We can't do it. And, and we are to expose the unfruitful work of darkness. Christ said that this is your hour and the power of God. This is your power and the power of darkness. And if you go on from there, the power of darkness has no hold over you. This is our hour. We've been having our hour ever since Christ ascended to heaven. It's called the church age. We're in it. We're in the kingdom of God. Yes. And so we're, this is our hour. Our hour is to stand up in righteousness. Our hour is to expose the evil. Our hour is to share the gospel. When you share the gospel, you share the light. When you share the light, you expose the darkness. It just, it just happens. And so, and so uh, uh, the Word of God will reprove of hidden sin. The Word of God will reprove of hidden sin. So if we have hidden sin, the Word of God will expose it. The Word of God will make it clear to everyone around us because your fruits will bear you out. Your fruits will bear you out. And so, we're to use the Word of God to reprove. The end of the work of darkness is dead. Now, it is appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. The death that they're talking about here from darkness is the second death. The second death. That's the eternal death. The works of darkness are the fruit of walking in darkness. The fruit of living in darkness. That's why we see things going on that, that are happening in the, in the world. Satan is so great now he's not even hiding what he's doing. Yeah. And those that are serving him are out front and bold. Because they think that Christian church has become so maligned and so put to the side that we're irrelevant. They're trying to get it where it's even illegal for us to speak in public. And we are the majority and we've been silent too long. Period. And so it's time for us to not only take our country back, but it's time for us to put the morality back in this country. It's time for us to call what's wrong, wrong. And if it hurts somebody's feelings, oh, so be it. Just because you're offended by the Word of God, doesn't mean it's not true. And your feelings, I'm sorry, don't trump God's word. If everybody in society says Jim and baby is right, and God says it's wrong, it's wrong. Period. That's an objective moral right. What, what they have is, by the way, we're right in truth. This is truth. Right. We're talking about the walk of truth right, right here. Then truth came in uh, this third walk is to expose things by the light. Yeah. But in that, as remember what um, Pilate said, what is truth? And then standing right in front of him. Remember what is truth. And they tell us many times in the news media and all over, uh, we own the science. It's, this is the truth. And that's the truth. But there comes down to a point where we have what we call the objective moral truth. What is the morality today? What do they tell you is the morality? What do they tell you is 
is the correct thing to do. What, what is it? They, they cloak it in, let anybody do whatever they want. Give them the freedom to do what they want. Let, let the little children change what they are. No. No. That's not objective moral truth. That may be their truth, but it's not objective moral truth. Objective moral truth is what God has put down and we'll see it here. And Paul's beginning to separate it here. He's beginning to look at the relationship of Christ and the church, which we've been sitting on for two or three chapters. And he's, and he's putting that against next. It's coming. The marriage relationship. So I'm not getting there yet. I'm trying to jump in. The, the point is here, there's a truth in both of those sides of things. And those truths pour out of the biblical objective moral truth. And I say that as a, just a big word, but it, there's truth out there that ain't true. There's false teachers giving you truths, and we must discern the darnell from the wheat. We must be able to discern. And that takes what? It takes this, this whole thing, finding out what pleases the Lord. What is that truth? God, that is hard work of the Christian. It really is. It's a hard, I'm convinced it's hard work. We've got to sit down and think what's right and what's wrong. And it's not, it's, it, in all fairness, find it disturbingly difficult. You know, wars and rumors of wars, but this, that, and the other. What is right? What is wrong? So many of the pieces of puzzle are in front of us. So we have to. We have to kind of take a wild guess. In all fairness, God is in control. And leading it to Him is the best way to go. This is right in the middle of these 14 things. He, uh, and He tells them not to even discuss the works of darkness. Mm -hmm. says the works of darkness are even shameful to discuss. God is the one who would judge the secrets of man. That's why we don't see the heart. That's why we can't rip out the wheat and the tares. The difference between the two. Those, that'll happen at the heart, and the heart is the coming for us. Uh, we're to avoid discussing the works of darkness. Uh, we're to no longer focus on our past life. We're not to focus on our past. It's in the past. We can't change the thing about it. And that's, that's, the, that's the thing that once you understand what I said five minutes ago, I can't change. It's dead for eternity. Walked over by for people in the future. I can't go back and change it. Everything I said is there. And so that's why we're not worried about our past life. We have this life. What do you tell us? There's enough worries for today to take care of today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow take care of itself. See, as long as we got this relationship from us to there, right, everything else works itself out. And so, so we're no longer to focus on our past life. God will judge men according to their work. According to their work. And so those who've done stuff sneakily and think they got it hid, and you look at them, they're supposed to be pillars of the community, and you find out after they passed on that they, they were really not good people, and this, that, and that. Well, God knows. And they may think they lived this life and got away with it, but they're suffering right now, and when the day comes for the judgment, they're going to suffer even more. So, the works of darkness are the things done in secret. What are we doing in secret that we don't want nobody to know? What are we doing? The works of uncleanliness are the works of darkness. The works of flesh are works of darkness. The deeds of the old man are the works of darkness. The deeds of our old man, our old selves. The deeds of the last days are the works of darkness. The deeds of the last days are the works of darkness. The last days, they ain't got here yet, but those deeds and those last days are the works of darkness. The works of the defiled are the works of darkness. There's a lot of things busy yet. We have been called out of the darkness into the marvelous light. 1 Peter 2.9. We have been called out of the darkness into the marvelous light. 
For who is reserved the blackness of darkness forever? The evil. For whom, in 2 Peter 2 17, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever? Those who go to hell. They'll be in darkness with all their faculties forever, knowing they miscalculated, knowing they messed up, knowing that they did not follow the truth. I don't want their bullet on my hand. So uh, Christians we're, we're to walk as wise men. And so uh, all things become visible when exposed to the light. Think about that. I went when I was a kid we went to Carlsbad Cavern out there. And you walk in there and they got all these lights and it's a big cavern and they got this little thing and they wind you, you follow the park ranger in there. As soon as you get in there and have everybody stop, they cut the light down. You've never seen darkness like that. Never. I mean, it is dark. Dark. You can't even see somebody move. You, all you can hear is the water dripping. That's it. It's cold and muggy in there. And it's it's muggy. Smell. Beautiful when the light's on. Not so beautiful when you're 12 years old and the light's off. The rock in my pocket. I didn't know that until we got out of the car and got home. My dad said, Where'd you get that rock? I said, I got a cabin. He said, Why didn't you take it? I said, In case something grabbed me, I'm going to hit it with that rock. Tell me, you know, that's the mind of a 12 year old. And, uh, but it was the darkest I've ever been. I have seen darkness in the jungle, and it's dark. That's dark. That's dark. And so, they're going to be in hell. They're going to be in dark. They're not, all they're going to be able to hear, they're going to be able to hear, they're going to see jack. Nothing. They're going to be alone in the dark with all of their thoughts and all of their misery. And they're going to be thirsty. And it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. And it's going to be hot like they've never seen before. They're not going to burn up. And they would die. They would die for one second of life. They get no relief. For eternity, they get no relief. So the light exposes all things in the dark. The light reveals both the good and the bad. You ever been somewhere at night and all of a sudden the power goes off? And you walk around somewhere, you get there and you turn the light on. There's good stuff and there's bad stuff. It reveals it. Uh, the light reveals those who are false teachers. The false teachers in the world cannot stand in the light. Their word and their theology will not hold up to the light of God. It won't. It just won't. The light causes everything to become visible. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We read the Word of God. We're going to find out the question of number one of what pleases God is in the Word of God. When you know what He likes, it must please Him. And so what it does, everything becomes visible. The light reveals the wickedness of individuals. It reveals the false teachers. I know when somebody's preaching something that ain't right. I get, not only do I, I know it in my ears, but I feel it in my heart. The light reveals the wickedness of nations. That's in Philippians 7.1. The light reveals the wickedness of nations. The light causes the deeds of those who do truth to be revealed. The light causes the deeds of those who do truth to be revealed. You can't stand in the pressure of light. And you can't stand in the pressure of doing and leading if you're not telling the truth. You will not be able to remember a lot. But you will remember the truth because it happened. It's in your mind. It's ingrained. Can't keep a lot straight. Can't keep a lot straight. All unbelievers are called to salvation. In verse 14. Therefore, he said, Awake you who sleep. 
Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. Unbelievers need to wake, need to awake to spiritual things. Those in darkness are to awake to salvation. Romans 13, 11, and 12. Those who are sleeping need to awake. You can't just run through life and be, and be ignorant. There's nothing wrong with being ignorant. This means you haven't been exposed to it. And if you haven't been exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's because we haven't shared it. It's our responsibility to share the gospel. What did he tell us? People come to it with how? By faith. And faith comes by how? That's man. And so we are to call it out. We are to broadcast it. We are to put it out there. Uh, and those who are dead need to be raised in newness. Unbelievers need to arise from the dead. Those who are dead need to be raised to newness of life. That's the whole point of salvation. It's letting God and the Holy Spirit do the work in their heart and they become what? A new person. They become a new creature. They are the first miracle of salvation. They are it. And they become a new to a newness of life. Christ makes alive those who are dead and trespassed to the sin. Ephesians 2 1 at the beginning of the study. Christ makes alive those who are dead in trespasses and sin. Who was dead in trespasses and sin? All of them. All of them. All of them. That's why there's no degree of sin. If the only thing in your life you ever took was a paperclip without acting, that's sin. If you did the most horrible thing on the face of this earth and you cry out to Christ and believe with your heart and believe with everything. You can be saved. Now that doesn't mean that forgives you from the circumstances of that sin. You still have to deal with the circumstances. But you can be saved and you can enter heaven because you trusted in it. There is no sin that God can't cover. None. There is no guilt that He can't forgive. None. In this. There's no sin on the earth that he ain't not for. In this wake up, old sleeper, right? This is thought to be an early song. This is thought to be pulled out of one of their hymns in the early uh, first century. Uh, but it says, find out what's pleasing to God. I'll go back to this again. We know what, how does this sound? We know. We judge by the truth. Again, the Darnell and the we, we look at the fruit of the false teachers. What do they produce? Is it the fruits of the Spirit? We can discern that we're given that from Scripture. We're told how to do that. And so, find it difficult. We're going to work into the uh, Scriptures and dig out these golden nuggets and say, what is that guy, if I find a problem, what is he producing? Is he producing long-suffering? Is he producing uh, peace? Discord? Which is not one of those good ones. Or, or is it the Darnell? Is it, I mean, it's black. That's why it's put in the Bible that, that, that stuff is black or white. It's it's easy to discern that we must must see with the spiritual eye. We must look at it. We must see what God is really revealing and how do we know what pleases Him when we see the fruit in our own life as we produce some fruit. Now, it's not <laughs> something that saves us, but right. Hey, uh, those who are dead need to come to light. I'm going to back up a little bit. The reason for avoiding and exposing the unfruitful work of darkness as described in Ephesians 5, 8, and 12 uh, uh, is since those unfruitful work for death and for exposure are going to be exposed uh, and their day will be over. It makes sense for Christians to avoid such unfruitful work. It's going to happen. It's going to be, you know, who does, who's been just to this? The Lord. Who, these, these, these fruits of, of darkness 
this unfruitful work. Uh, who is it against? God. Now, uh-oh, it says, Awake you who sleep and rise from death. Our participation in the light is shown by our resurrection with Jesus. Not in Jesus, but with Jesus. He made us alive together with Christ. And 2.5 says that. Paul quoted what was probably a worship course from the early church to illustrate this truth. Remember that this exhortation to awake comes to Christians. It comes to Christians. A Christian may be asleep and not even know it. Uh, if you sleep, or if you are asleep, you probably do not know it. If you're asleep, you probably don't know it. As soon as you become aware of your sleep, it is evidence that you are now awake. The sleepiness in the Christian is exceedingly dangerous too. And it works in the T-O-O also. Uh, because he can do a great deal while he's asleep that will make him look as if he were wide awake. And this is first. We can speak when we are asleep. How many of us have spoken when we're talking? When we're talking in our sleep? Have said things? All of us, probably. At some point in time. We can hear when we are asleep. We can walk when we are asleep. We can sing when we are asleep. We can think when we are asleep. The man who is asleep does not care what becomes of his neighbor. How can he while he is asleep? He's a sign of a Christian now who is asleep. And oh, some of you Christians, that's when you got to me, do not care whether a soul are saved or damned. Some of us go through life and we get to a point we don't care. We may say we do with this service, but our actions don't speak. Don't care whether souls are saved or damned. It is enough for them if they are comfortable. It is enough for us if we're comfortable. Are we comfortable? Or are we getting outside of our box and we get pushed outside our comfort zone? If they can attend a respectable place of worship and go with others to heaven, they are indifferent about everything else. Charles Spurgeon wrote that. They are indifferent about everything else. They get saved, they come into a congregation, they sit down, they walk to walk, they talk to talk, but they don't produce anything. They can give a crap whether souls are saved or whether souls are dead. All that matters is that they're comfortable and no one's making demands of them. No one. And if they can attend a respectable place of worship and go with others to heaven, they're different about everything else. They can care less about the soul and the people of the church. That's a sad indictment. And Charles Spurgeon wrote that. So it's been going on a lot. He recognized one of the most prolific evangelists and, 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 and uh, uh, theologians and preachers called him out years ago. Years ago. And so, you know, it, unbelievers and have Christ. Give them what? Christ promised to be the light to those walking in darkness. He promised that. He promised to be the light to those walking in darkness. Christ will cause the light to flow into our hearts. And if it flows into our hearts, what are we supposed to do with it? Let it flow out. We're supposed to be what? Rivers of what? Living water. All believers are called to be careful how we walk. We can't just walk any way we want to. We can't just talk any way we want to. We can't just say anything we want to, and that's part of talking. But the attitude, we can't have an attitude any way we want. We have to be reverent, we have to be humble, and we have to be stern. And if your heart is not right, then you can't do those things because you're indifferent about everything else. That quote first. We are all. But I like that. How did you say that? You have Christ drawing 
everyone from darkness. Everybody's in darkness. Right. Listen to the last part, you know, 400 years before he stepped foot and walked out of Galilee to John the Baptist. In Malachi, it says, Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. So he's, Malachi's quoting the Lord. Towards the end it says, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful, dreadful day of the Lord. So Jesus calls from darkness those who can see the light. He calls from darkness for the judgment. This is that truth yeah, that, that a lot of people will avoid. Right. He calls from uh, eternity mm -hmm. to the judgment and he says he will but listen to the hope in this last part. This sounds like it's a, it's, it's a done deal. I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great dreadful day of the Lord comes. Before it comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers or else or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. He says a big pain. Hmm. He says, see then that you walk circumspect, not as fools, but as what? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I'm going to stop right there. So we're to walk carefully. We're to walk in the spirit. And most preachers, especially back to preachers, don't talk about walking in the spirit. And we are. And you know why most preachers don't talk about walking in the spirit? Because they don't understand the spirit. We're to walk with good works. What does our works look like? Are we doing good to people? Are we not just not just those in the congregation? Are we doing good to people? Are people seeing us do good things? And are we doing it because we feel obligated to do it? Or are we doing it because our heart is changed? Because we have a changed heart. And we move from looking out from numero uno to where you become numero five, six, seven on the list. Those things that, that's manifestation of the truth of the word of Christ. Are we to walk in love? Yes, we are. We are to walk in love. First Peter 122. We are not to walk as fools and being unwise. We're not just to go out and cut up and and pick and, and, and all that stuff. An unwise person leaves God out of his life. An unwise person leaves God out of his life. Before we do anything, before we make any major decision, do we pray about it? Like that's nominating committee. Before we go and ask somebody to serve, do we pray about it? Before you decide to serve, do you pray about it? Are you praying about it now? What are we praying about? That church depends on it. It depends on it. It depends on us being faithful to God. Uh, the unwise person changes the glory of God. The unwise person changes the glory of God. Because the unwise person is going to say something that's going to cause people to disbelieve the Lord. The unwise person is going to do something that's going to cause people to say, well, if that's what they're doing over there, I don't want no part of it. That's why we have to be careful. That's why we as leaders of the church and we as members of the church need to be above reproach. An unwise person demands, uh, depend on worldly wisdom. That's James 3, 14 and 15. They depend on it because they can't function in the spirit because they're blinded by it. They don't care. They are indifferent about everything else. They don't care about soul and damnation. They don't. It's the least thing on their mind. We're to walk as those who are wise. A wise person walks with godly wisdom. A wise person will be a wise builder. Build relationships that are turned apart. 
And Christians are to make good use of our time, the time that we have. God wants us to use our time wisely. We're to buy, we are to buy up every opportunity to serve the Lord. Are we using every opportunity that comes before us to serve the Lord? Or are we indifferent about everything else? Christ brought us back from the curse of the law. Christ brought us out from under the law. Christ wants us to use every opportunity to do good. Do we do good? Christ wants us to buy up every opportunity to serve Him. Even if it's a minute thing like opening the door. Or somebody dropping something, you picking it up and handing it to them. Or somebody giving you the wrong amount of change and you said, oh, you gave it too much. It could be anything. Somebody struggling to pay for a drink and it's, well, I want to put it back and you can just go ahead and take a drink. Okay, just little things. Those are little opportunities. And if we're faithful in the little things, guess what happens? We get to do some big things. That's a promise. Christ wants us to use every opportunity to do good. Christ wants us to buy up every opportunity to serve Him. We are to realize that the days are evil. We live in evil times. The Lord is the one who establishes us and keeps us from evil. That's why when we're witnessing, when we're doing His will, we don't have anything to worry about. And if something happens to us, it's for His glory and honor. And the worst thing they can do to you is take your life. And if they take your life, ask it from the body, what? Raise it with a little. You don't lose. It's a win-win thing. You're either going to get to win here on earth by watching God's work and being a part of it, or either you're going to win by being absent from here and present with the Lord. I don't want to go. But I don't want to miss the boat. The present age is an evil age. We are to be prepared to withstand in the evil day. We are to avoid every appearance of evil. The Lord will guard us from the evil one. We are to realize that people will become more evil. It's happening every day. Just when you think, oh, this world can't get any worse. Yes, it can. Why? We are to avoid the evil heart of unbelief. We avoid that. Unbelief starts with doubt. We are to have our hearts sprinkled. We are to have our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. We have to be sprinkled. Covered in the word of the blood of God. We're not supposed to have evil conscience. That should be washed away. That's how we should be working on that. Are we still going to have thoughts following there? Absolutely. Are we still going to have some doubt? Sure we will. But our faith is set. Our eternity is set. We should always go there. Who should we cry out to? Christ. We have a great day. Thank you, Lord. We have a bad day. Thank you, Lord. Match your fingers. Thank you, Lord. Take a bite of something that's nasty. Thank you, Lord. Don't want it. I appreciate it. I appreciate the hand to fix it. Not my power. Thank you something good. Thank you, and I appreciate it. We're really thankful in all things. Thank you, Lord. I, I, my stuff broke. I'm thankful, Lord, that I have things to break. Those are the things that we're to be. We're to be happy about everything. We're to praise Him about it. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you put in my life. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be involved in somebody else's life. Everything, everything is, 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 is for His glory. For His glory. Let's stop right there at verse 17. Go ahead. Because the days are evil, and you didn't shine that light, you didn't give them an opportunity. 
start a conversation. Usually people, you know, are resistant these days to having preach to them, per se. Yeah. But you can ask the question, how you do it? How, how do you see, what's your religion? Do you have Christian thinking or where do you go to church? Where do you go to church? Do you get to go to church? Do you have a way? And all of a sudden, that conversation, uh, easy as it goes, can lead to a bit of a relationship, build on that relationship. Maybe there's something common in there. I'm convinced God puts the key in that person's answer to you as to what you're supposed to approach. You don't have to know. You just have to listen for something that's come that the Spirit carries you through on. And you said pray up. You said pray uh, ahead of time uh, to find out what you're supposed to be doing or give these people a chance to weigh in on their their you know, right. where, where they're supposed to first. Where they're supposed to serve. The same thing goes with another person. Mm -hmm. Pray up that God will let you join his, his ministry, not have God join you in your ministry. Yeah. It, it becomes almost difficult if you don't throw the try at it. You know, just try. And all of a sudden you make a mistake and you will find out God corrects it pulls you in because your heart's right. He takes you with your mistakes and all and makes something of the glorious. And what does he do? He does uh, the pray unto the pray fervor. Yeah. You made a mistake. You didn't have your notebook. You had a bark bag, if I recall. Yeah. And guess what? That mistake, I was thinking about that all ago. Yeah. No, I, I didn't take it. I had a notebook, but I didn't have any blank paper. But what I, what I did was I had, a, I had a little pocket book and he got to put my cake back. And I uh, made a mistake. Yeah. And I uh, corrected it with a bar bag. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and and we started out as questions. I mean, we were just talking questions and things, getting to know each other. You can't make this stuff up. All of a sudden, you know, I'm telling all my people, tell me about the first. So I started telling my people, very cold and mean, and two tears coming out the corner of my eyes. The Holy Spirit working on it. You know, we just went from there and went with it. And about two hours or something flight from Honduras wound up being about 20 minutes for me. It was, yeah, it was good. Any questions, any comments? Be in prayer for what book to go to me. Because we don't, it won't be long, we'll be out of the field. Probably by the end of the year. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, so, be in prayer about what we're doing next. Uh, yes, um, at, when you started um, about um, division mm -hmm. and offenses, mm -hmm. um, the division is what? Within the church? Or is the, division, that, the, the division that we were talking about Christian, but they were also you would avoid people that that, that have division and and, and, and and crisis outside of the church. You don't want to be around it. Thank you. Yeah, you, you don't want you, you don't want to be around them in public or, or in the world, and you sure don't want to be around them in the church uh, because they can cause a lot of that in the church. Uh, it is it is a cancer that is contagious. It's like God. It's a contagious thing. And, and so when it, whenever it comes to you, it's your responsibility to stop. You know, I, I have people call me and say, well, let me tell you, oh, where? Oh, oh. I don't know. If it ain't good, if it ain't on the front, I don't know. You know, because I know me. And if I listen to it, then the next time I get around, well, let me tell you what's going on with this. And I've done the same thing. And I won't be able to tell it exactly like they told it and I won't be able to tell it with the emphasis where they put it because I'm going to see I'm going to have to be looking at it through the lens of my experience well this is what they're saying blah, 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 blah. 
That's how when you get in a circle and somebody says something, by the time it gets to back to that person, it's completely different. Because we all are looking at the same thing through different eyes. That's why the Gospels are different. They're saying the same thing. Some of them are saying something different. But they were all saying it from different places. You know, and so that's why people say, well, there's conflicts in the Bible. There's no conflict in the Bible. What it is is you've got different people seeing something at the same time. That's just like if you and I and Roger and, 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 and Miss Rachel went to a basketball game, we would see things different. I would see a play that struck me. You might not think much of it. You see what I'm saying? Because our... our our perspectives are different based on our environment, from where we come from. So, yeah. And it's hard to put yourself in that other person's position. It's hard because you to understand what they're going through, you've got to kind of try to walk a mile in their shoes. And most folks are so today are so tight with what they do and so closed about their personal life, mm-hmm. you're not going to see. You're not going to see who's, who's swooping on them at night or you're not going to see who's, who, who's uh, messing with them. You're not going to see who's uh, uh, abusing them in some way, fashion, fashion, form. You might not see the fact that they're self-medicating themselves. You might not see it because they're going to be high-functioning. They're going to hide They'll hide behind the pile, and all of a sudden, some little thing, ping, is going to set it off, and the little person valve is going to pop, and they're going to say something ugly, do something ugly, and all of a sudden, it's going to get back down to normal pressure, the little valve going to close, and then it'll go again until it builds back up. And, and that's life. But the great thing about that is we have the release valve that we don't have to let it get there. We don't have to put the little weight on top of the pressure. We don't even have to put the lid on because Christ is there for us. And if we rely upon Him, all that vapor and all that thing's gone. And it's hard. And it's hard. And I'm okay. Sometimes that little, that little weight on the top of that pressure cooker the valve gets stuck. And all of a sudden, boom, and the gasket blows. And Lord, then you got to go to your damage control. you got to wipe all the beans off the wall and all that stuff. That we don't mess up. And I'm not talking, I'm, I'm metaphorical. You know, when you explode, you don't just, you just don't hurt that one person who's flown on. Everybody that's there, it hurt it. And then you're going to walk off nine times out of ten. I will. When I walk off, the first person I come to, they're going to say, hey, what's the matter with you today? You look at that face and pow! You just start laying it out there again. So now you know the things you didn't get to say, you're going to say here. And it's going to sound great and wonderful. And then you're going to finally calm down and you can think about it in retrospect and you're going to feel bad. It's just life. That's the way it is. And so we're to avoid that. And it is hard. Roger said it's hard. It is hard. All of us, all of us have problems with it. Man, I walk out in the woods and kick trees and scream and holler so nobody would hear me. I took a baseball bat out and wore an oak tree out one day. I knocked a bark off of it. Because I had to get it out of my system. If I didn't get it out of my system, somebody was going to get hurt. And somebody was going to have to pay. The other person would have got hurt, and I would have been going to have to pay. And so that, that tree, it, it's still standing there. It's got its bark back, but imagine it's got a bruise inside of it somewhere. But it's basically anger. Yeah, pride and anger. Pride, anger. Yeah, and pride is a terrible thing. And jealousy. Well, I wasn't jealous, I was proud. But I mean... See, I was entitled to what I was going to say. And I was entitled to how I did it. And they had no right to stop me. They had none. Because, see, I am the Wattok. That was my thing. I can't believe that they would come at me. Who do they think they are? Who do they think they are? And the whole time, they're going to think, who does he think he is? Who is he? He's just somebody else just like me. Gets up in the morning and puts some bridges on one leg at a time like everybody else. But I, in my mind, I, I'm here. That's wrong. That's pride. That's pride. Yeah. Pride causes a lot of stuff. Oh, and there's a lot of um, different facets to pride. Oh, absolutely. Pride is the number one killer of Christians. 
cause you to lose your testimony. It'll cause you to turn your back on God. And then when you get to stand before Him, you got nothing to lay to see. Salvation set. But you got nothing to lay to see. And a lot of people you may have drove off, that blood's on your hand that you got to ask for. See, none of this is. People take Christianity and, and this thing that we do, they take it so lighthearted. It's not. People's eternity. It's, 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 when, you know, what did they tell us in the, in the Old Testament? We use the tongue to do what? Curse people. But we also use that same tongue to praise God. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. You tell a child he'll grow up to be nothing. What kind of impact does that have on our child? It takes them years to get over. Years. If they don't. Yeah. If they don't. Yeah, if they don't. But when they do, they're probably going to wind up being the most sound people you come in contact with. And when they accept Christ, they're all in. They're all in. There's no doubt. There's, there's a saying that's so true. And it goes like this. And when you look at it through the lens of the Bible, you get it. Persecution makes you stronger, not weaker. Yep. I'll say it again. Persecution makes you stronger. So taking, taking the abuse, taking it, and doing something with it is makes you a strong person inside. It doesn't make you weak, like you think it might. Being quiet and reverent when people are all around you is hard to do. But the other thing it is, the other thing it is, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. And you'll be shocked. Like me, I, I was shocked right here. Because there was a time in my life, by the time they got the second word out of their mouth, I'd knock their head off their shoulders. And I'm not that person anymore. Persecution. You either got to be tough and fight, or you're going to give your life to Christ and let him fight. And I'm going to tell you, my knuckles was scarred up enough. I'm too old to fight. <laughs> So you don't think that you should, uh, I don't know, this is from the past and other ministries I've been in, and this started maybe 10 years ago, you've got to be fight, you've got to be a warrior, you've got to be a soldier. For the gospel. Yeah. For the gospel. Not for yourself. Right. But for the glory of God. Or for the other person. you got to, you got to fight for the If somebody is... It comes easy for me because I'm an older brother. I'm an old student fan. Oh. And so it's my job to protect you. And so fighting for somebody who's being wrong, the little guy, I, I thrive on that because mm. that's my job. Now, as a pastor of this church, my job is to fight for the little people. And every person in here is a little person. Because so my job is to fight to make sure y'all aren't wrong. It's my job to give you to give you sound advice that's not contrary to the Bible. I know what I'd like to say in my in my mind, but in my heart I can't say it. I'm serious. Oh, I, I got a friend of mine right now. I, if I had the chance, I'm turn turn that thing on. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you. I got a friend of mine right now. I got a friend of mine right now. 